Well, again, it's so good to have um, Catherine here with us from Brisbane, and she's always traveling somewhere, but she's here with us tonight. And um, I'd love everyone just to stand one more time, give her an Adelaide welcome as she comes. Awesome. Hallelujah. Oh, it's so lovely to be here. It's so lovely to be with friends. And uh, just a joy to be with uh, Marty and Karen too, and to see what the Lord's doing here in Adelaide. Isn't God wonderful? He's so wonderful. And he's been doing some wonderful things. I enjoyed worship tonight with you. And I'm excited for what the Lord's going to do. You know, he is moving with such power. We are living in extraordinary days. And I've been hearing the Lord doing so many wonderful things because I believe we're in a season of divine awakening, supernatural awakening. People are waking up just, I think, to see again the raw, real basics of the Word of God and starting to recognize the power of living it in an applied way where it's we're actually not just having a head knowledge but actually seeing it outworked through our lives and the results are God is having his way. I'm traveling at the moment here with uh, Emily, just down for a few days. Emily Harlan from the UK, some of the ladies will and uh, will remember her from when we were down here about three years ago. And uh, oh, God has been up to things. He's been up to things. Um, I've had the opportunity to write a new book uh, that's come out, Wilderness to Wonders, praise the Lord. And, um, and God's given us uh, so much favor with the media and just the opportunity to spend the, spread the word of God, uh, which uh, thrills my heart. I've, we've brought a few things with us. Um, I've just got one here. And this is um, a set of prayers that I've done, biblical prayers. Those that have read my first book, Living in the Miraculous, will know how much I love to pray the Bible, uh, particularly... Ephesians 3, Ephesians 1. Well, this is a, a whole series of, of different biblical prayers that I've personalized and pray into personally, to have, and I've seen such breakthrough, uh, set to worship, just to help people really let the Word of God go in deep. And, you know, it's, it's not a ritual as much as the Bible says that whatever we ask according to the will of God, we can have. And we know that these prayers are absolutely the will of God for us. You know, Paul will pray that beautiful prayer in Ephesians 3 about knowing the love of Christ that passes knowledge, about really knowing by the power of the Holy Spirit, Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith. What that actually looks like is a supernatural revelation. It's not, a, not just a head knowledge. It's something supernatural that happens. And when you pray these things, these, the Word of God in faith, actually believing you're going to get what you're asking for. It's glorious. So anyway, um, someone can have that. Ryan, you can give that to someone if you would. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've got a, a few um, D, uh, CD series out there too. Um, a, a series called uh, something and something else. But they're both to go with the books that I've done with Sid Roth, um, hours and hours of teaching about living in the miraculous, about how to possess and, and really um, fight with the Lord, you know, uh, wrestle with the, the problem that happens between promise and fulfillment. 
And instead of, you know, wondering why God, why, when God, when, how God, how, how we can actually rest in the Lord and cooperate with him to see the fulfillment come to pass. Now, prophecy is not necessarily in an, in inevitability. It's an invitation. And the Lord wants us to respond to that invitation. And, and there's biblical ways to do that. So uh, that's what some of those are about. And uh, particularly also on uh, identity and just living in the, the reality of Christ in us, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. I, I don't want to share uh, a long word tonight. We're going to pray for the sick because the Holy Spirit is here to do the work. God is the healer. Uh, I, I can't heal anybody, but I tell you, I see him do amazing things. Just amazing things. We were in Cairns two weeks ago. A man's totally deaf year was opened up. He was crying. It was so beautiful. When you see how people respond when they see the miraculous, it's a demonstration of the love of God. It's who God is. We had a lady come um, uh, earlier in the year. She was a missionary to Thailand with her husband out on furlough and visiting the meetings. And she just came for prayer and she had been diagnosed with leukemia and uh, a, a very serious liver condition. And uh, just in the meeting, as we prayed, she said she felt the power of the Holy Spirit go through her like whirlwinds through her body. And she went back to the doctor and had all the tests, had an MRI. They came back with the blood tests showing there was not a trace of cancer. That her, her liver was such a shock to the doctor. He said, this can't be your liver. Because it was so healthy. Uh, I just, oh, I love, I love God. Some of you may have heard about um, uh, one of our elders who's actually visited here years ago with me, um, James Graham. Um, he was diagnosed with stage four bowel cancer last year in April a massive bowel tumour um, and secondary tumours in the lungs, uh, cancer in the lymph nodes. Uh, so they weren't even going to operate. They just were going to offer him palliative care at 49. And we said, that is not the will of God. Because uh, on earth as it is in heaven, there is none of that in heaven. So we were, we were praying. And while we so often see instant miracles, he wasn't instantly healed, but he would not, and we would not accept anything less. And uh, the, the tumor did shrink enough for them to do an operation, which they removed the, the big tumor um, and put in a bag, but it didn't work. Nine days later, his bowel, it, had, it just seized up. Apparently the bowel doesn't like being touched and it just, it just seized up and didn't work for nine days and he was in absolute agony they called me I was on my way to minister the next day into Toowoomba but um or that morning in Toowoomba and they they said look the doctors are saying he may only have 24 hours left to live so I cancelled my trip and went up to the hospital and we just I walked in he looked so terrible I said let's take a picture this is going to preach really well. <laughs> uh, so we did that, and we, um, and we worshipped, and we prayed. We thanked God for the miracle. And we had to leave because he was so weak. Uh, it was Father's Day. He'd barely been able to put a smile on for his, all his uh, children and foster children that they have. But we, we knew 
This is not the this is not the end. Hallelujah. The next night at midnight, while he was in the hospital, Jesus walked into his hospital room and he had a seven hour encounter with God. Uh, the Lord just started to show him things about his life, ask him questions about his life and tell him about things to come. And halfway through this encounter, James says, uh, Lord, um, you haven't mentioned cancer. <laughs> and uh, the Lord said, that's because it's irrelevant. And James said, well, it's not irrelevant to me. Uh, the Lord just smiled and just kept talking to him, loving on him. And 7 a.m., he woke up and they, everything, everything was working. They did a PET scan. They could not find a trace of cancer anywhere in his body. They, um, they now want to operate and remove the bag because he doesn't even need that anymore. Uh, but because it's so non-urgent, he has to wait till February for that. Um, unbelievable miracle. There's nothing God can't do. And, uh, and some of you also would know Nathaniel and Haley. I, th I think they came down and ministered a while ago. They had their first little baby, uh, Gabriella. And uh, that was last year also. She's just turned one. But uh, she was born on a Saturday morning and I was off to minister for the first time at a Catholic charismatic women's event, um, which I'd never done before. It was about an hour and a half away, and uh, so they called me and told me the good news, and I said, oh, wonderful, after, after this I'll, I'll be up there to have, kiss the baby. But, uh, and I had Sarah Cheeseman uh, with me, and, but when we were about five minutes from reaching the venue, I got a phone call from the hospital, and they said, uh, are you Pastor Catherine? I said, yes. They said, um, Nathaniel and Haley have asked if you could please come. And I knew, having just had that conversation in the morning, that they knew where I was going. I knew they wouldn't ask if something serious hadn't happened. And the, the nurse went on to say, um, Gabriella has had a heart attack, been dead for, not dead, she didn't say dead, was uh, without oxygen, without a heartbeat for four minutes and they haven't been able to uh, get any response from her. She's on life support. Um, and anyway, so I turned around, I dropped Sarah Cheeseman off and I shook hands with the priest and said, Hiya, this is Sarah. She's going to preach for you this morning. God bless you. <laughs> Happily they loved her, praise the Lord. And um, went back to, drove back to the hospital I walked in and the nurses met me at the door and they said, I, we're so glad you're here. You need to explain to them. They don't seem to understand how serious this is. They, they, they don't seem to, it doesn't seem to have hit them. I looked at them and I thought, well, you've got the wrong person here. <laughs> I walked in and Nathaniel was praying for one of the nurses as I walked in. Um, he, he was. And um, there was Gabriella, um, you know, with tubes everywhere and completely unresponsive and um, so I said and the nurses are there saying you know wanting me to help prepare the parents I said let's take a picture this is going to preach really well <laughs> and uh, they they sort of thought oh what is this place <laughs> uh, we worshipped we prayed 
I told them to start uh, gathering um, Haley's milk because this baby was going to be fully breastfed. It was going to be fine, and they they didn't know what quite what to make of it all. And the midwife, amazingly, was a Christian, and uh, had been praying with them also, rebu- as Nathaniel was rebuking death and. And it was awesome. I, I, he's, they've done a beautiful YouTube clip of this, which is just uh, amazing. I've sent it through to CBN. Uh, they're gonna, it's just make you cry. It's so beautiful because they've got all the footage, interviews with the nurses and doctors. And Anyway, they medevaced her out to um, uh, the Mater Intensive Care prenatal, or whatever it is, up there in the room where you're not allowed to go unless you go through all these different places. You can only be in there one at a time and... So she was there for two and a half days and we were praying as a church. I went in every day just to, to pray. And um, on the second night, the doctor was talking to Nathaniel and saying, um, son, I need you to start understanding that this isn't going to end well. Um, even if she were somehow to recover, having been without oxygen for four minutes... And uh, she'll probably be majorly brain damaged. And Nathaniel just looked at the doctor and said, um, what would you need to see to, to know that she's going to be okay? Well, he said, at this point, he said, anything would be better than what we're seeing. We're not seeing anything. And um, he said, well, what would you say if she opened her eyes? And the doctor said, son, I'd be astonished. So Nathaniel says, well, get ready to be astonished. And then he said, is there something I can pray for you for, <laughs> doctor? Seriously. Next morning, Nathaniel and Haley were at the crib. Suddenly, Gabriella opened her eyes. All of the machines went back to her. normal rates. By the afternoon, she was being fully breastfed. She's just turned one, walking, talking, not a thing wrong with her. Oh, how I love Jesus. That makes me very happy. (laughs) We're not called to think like the world thinks. We we can hope in God. I I would encourage you to look at it just because it's so beautiful. And share it because, uh, you know, the more people that hear about these amazing testimonies, the more God gets the glory because no man can do that. Hallelujah. Only God. Last week, I was just telling Marty and Karen today, just on Friday night, we got a, um, a prayer request uh, from a man that, that day who'd had a, a prolapsed bowel and um, was, had been taken by ambulance to the hospital. I didn't find out about it till uh, right there on the spot. And five minutes after we prayed corporately, we got a text message saying, everything's just suddenly gone back into place. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't even need someone to lay hands on you because it's the Holy Spirit. And we're seeing so many people actually just receiving healing in their seats. I am amazed at God's His incredible goodness. More and more we're seeing that happen. I had the joy of being in Nicaragua. Oh, I can't remember. Was it last year? I think it was. Um, maybe it was the year before. But it was beautiful. They did a... a uh, in Lace TV did a big 
women's event with thousands of women. They invited all the prostitutes from the city for free and, and um, just got to share the good news of the gospel. And the Lord just was moving and touching. At first, I prayed for someone who had a, a deaf ear and God opened deaf ear. Then I didn't pray for anybody else, just started having words of knowledge about what the Lord was doing. There was incredible things that just started happening. Goiters disappearing, people who'd, who'd come in unable to walk properly because of brain tumours, running up the stairs to testify. Another lady with one leg shorter than the other who'd hemmed her pants because it was so much shorter, uh, <laughs> demonstrating how she'd been healed and then hundreds of people got saved. You know, it's the way that the Lord said to preach the gospel, isn't it? He said, heal the sick and tell them this is what the kingdom looks like. Hooray. So I think any other, you know, ideas that we get sold or really just rob us. We need to come back to the simplicity of knowing Christ and him crucified. I, I wanted to share a, a little word with you very briefly I'm so happy to be here. I love this place. I do. It's just a beautiful atmosphere. Hallelujah. Uh, who loves the Bible? Oh. My husband and I have uh, just been in New Zealand uh, ministering. Oh, by the way, I got to preach at the National Charismatic Catholic Convention after one of the ladies. I, I got back there for the afternoon and uh, for the women's meeting and a deaf ear opened and people got delivered and born again and saved. And, and then the national executive asked me to come and preach at the national conference. <laughs> it was really fun. I got to preach on justification by faith and people got healed and saved. It was really fun. I <laughs> loved it. They're so beautiful. Hooray, Jesus. You know, I was over in um, New Zealand and I was preaching at an Anglican conference, actually. And... Um, Tom and I were traveling around and we were, uh, we loved to listen to the audio Bible. So we had hours of driving and I had a couple of days off too and we would have done like seven hours driving just exploring beautiful New Zealand in between meetings. And so we were listening to the Word of Promise app I've just bought. Uh, it's uh, nice because, it, you know, when you're listening to lots of scripture, it's got different actors saying the different uh, characters and music and very engaging and it's so wonderful to be able to listen to whole books of the Bible. We listen to you know Judges, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles and all in a, all in a space of a couple of days and it's just wonderful stuff. You know can you can listen to uh, you know it's, it's not just listening to the Bible but you know, letting it wash over you and then going in and letting it feed you as you study it and feast on it and pay attention to what's grabbing your attention and fall in love with the Word of God because there's so much teaching going around. There's clever teachers going around that have very persuasive arguments. One argument sounds right, though, until you hear the other side. And the Word of God is the other side. The Word of God is our plumb line. Hallelujah. We must be just feasting on the word and just reading it and believing it just like it is, not getting so clever that we twist it, but just believe it for what it is. Hallelujah. If we could just begin to steward the simplicity of the Bible. Yeah. Hallelujah. 
Uh, let's just quickly look at Romans chapter 14. I love Romans. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We can read things like that and go, yes, sang that when I was in Sunday school, know that verse, got that as a memory verse. But what does it actually mean? No, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. You can't actually walk in supernatural peace until you understand righteousness. And you can't fully enjoy the presence of the Lord and experience the fullness of joy that comes from the presence of the Lord without having a peace that you're accepted and you're loved. Righteousness, peace, and joy, it's so rich, it's so powerful. And the Bible says that it's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. We could quote these verses. The just shall live by faith. Most, most of us, if you've been around for a little while, could quote those verses. But I believe that the Holy Spirit is awakening us right now to the reality of what that actually looks like. He's answering that prayer in Ephesians 3 that we would know Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith. That it wouldn't just be a head knowledge, but there'd be faith applied to this reality that Christ now lives in me. That it's actually no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. It's so simple. And yet we have so often as a body struggled with that. I used to be really good at asking for forgiveness, confessing sin, and I believe in the power of sin, of confessing sin. <laughs> power of sin is terrible, but praise the Lord, it's been broken by the blood of Jesus. But I believe in the power of confessing your sin and confessing your sin to one another too. You know, that, that there's, there's a, a purity and a power that comes from accountability. And if you're feeling guilty about something, uh, guilt's not to be ignored, it's to be brought to Jesus and saying, that was wrong, sorry, I feel bad about that, shouldn't have done that. And by recognising when we do something wrong, we're allowing our conscience to remain tender, we're discerning good from evil, right? So, so don't, don't go, yeah, you know, I did that wrong, but I'm not even going to do anything about it and try and cover over the guilt with, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. You know, if, it's, if you're feeling guilty, deal with it, just bring it to God, go, hey, that was bad, sorry. But I used to be really good at doing that, but really bad at actually believing that I was forgiven. And the Holy Spirit is wanting us to break out of this old mindset. The, the, the way of, of the world is that we, we are supposed to live with regret and condemnation. But the heart of the Father is that we would live in righteousness, peace, and joy. It's simple. There's no room for anything else. We've actually just got to believe, I'm forgiven, I've made, I'm righteous, I'm clean. And even if my heart condemns me, he's greater than my heart. Hallelujah. But I spend a lot of time, I've found in the past, I've spent a lot of time wrestling with my emotions. You know, even if I've, you know, I've dealt with it, I've brought it to the Lord, confessed it, believed by faith, I'm forgiven. But in my heart, I'm still feeling, you know, the, the leftovers, the hangover of 
whatever emotion was attached to whatever I went through or whatever was going on. But the good news is the righteous live by faith, not by emotion. Scripture says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. It's because we have power to tell ourselves to line up with the truth of what God is and where God is. And, and often, you know, I've lived, you know, wrestling. I'm trying to, you know, I believe that and I'm feeling this. And then sort of subconsciously believing, you know, something not quite right for me. And living with a sense and a feeling of condemnation that I didn't theologically believe and yet experientially seemed to carry. The good news is, as you start to worship the Lord, you know, in his light, you see light. Oh, <laughs> you're free, you're loved. And then we go back to our, you know, uh, dealing with our emotional state. But actually, you don't have to go back to it. That's the good news, is you can actually go, mm, yeah, no. Nah. That, that's not, no, nah, no. Nah. That's actually not the kingdom of heaven. And, yeah, no, I'm just not going to accept that invitation. It's really freeing. When you lie down, instead of trying to sort out your emotions, just go, yeah, no. I'm just going to have that righteousness, peace and joy. <laughs> That's much better. <sighs> Start to preach to my soul and tell my soul, hang on, listen, I don't care what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Let me tell you the truth. His people perish for lack of knowledge. They shall know the truth and the truth shall make them free. Just because you have it doesn't mean that you're actually experiencing freedom. You have to know it. That means intimately enjoy it. And I discovered it in worship that here I am. I'm worshiping. Oh, I love it here. It's so lovely, Jesus. Free. And then I'd, I'd go back into my thinking about how I'm feeling. And then I'd be just irresistibly drawn into that. Oh, I love it here. God, so lovely. And after a while, the Holy Spirit says, why don't you just stay here? <laughs> That's a really good idea. <laughs> and it's actually a reality. It's what walking by faith actually looks like. Walking by faith is not some theological struggle that you're trying to wrestle with the flesh to make it. It's like, just believe the baby, the, the baby basics of the Bible that says, okay, well, thank God I've been set free from me. Yeah. Hooray. No longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. What does that actually look like? Christ is he's wonderful. He's loving, he's kind, he's patient. Well, it's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. What do I look like? Well, Lord, you know, I've been a bit hypocritical, haven't really prayed that much, you know, I haven't spent as much worship this week as I did last week. Or, you know, that, that's how we like to define ourselves. Even though theologically you may know better, subconsciously we can just default to that. If we don't educate our hearts with the, letting the Word of God, the Bible, impact us, the truth set us free, knowing it intimately, knowing it not just as an academic exercise, but, oh, thank you, God, 
What does it feel like to actually be no longer Catherine but Christ who lives in Catherine? Oh, that your work in and through me, you, ad you adore me. You like the way you've made me, but you've made me now no longer defined by my weaknesses and my past and defined by who I've thought I was. Thank God that for the sake of the rest of the world, thank God it's no longer me who lives, <laughs> but Christ. And if I'll actually begin to believe it, that's what practically walking by faith looks like. I have to exercise the fruit of self-control. Self-control is a gift. It's in you because the Spirit of God lives in you. Yeah? That's, the that's the tree of life that's on the inside of you if you've been born again. Hooray. That was like a worship moment. You missed it. <sighs> Hooray. Thank God. And one of those fruits that you can just exercise by faith is self-control. Self-control that doesn't allow your emotions to rob you of peace and joy. So if you've, how are you feeling? Why? Why, why? why are you doing that? You know, that's what I have to tell myself. Hang on. Why am I spending all of this valuable time letting this rumbling of negative emotion go along in my heart? This is not the kingdom. This is not actually what I have to deal with. Because as I, as I talk to the Lord, and I, you know, I believe it's important that we process with God. We talk to him about everything. We don't pretend everything's all right. We, by faith, actually step in. Confess your sin. Deal with whatever you might feel guilty about. And then, by faith, actively allow the word of God to minister to your heart. In that place, it's the righteous that are bold as lions. And we boldly approach the throne of grace by faith in the Son of God. Hallelujah. And the awful thing that the enemy does is when you're feeling bad and wrestling with condemnation, he lies to you and says, well, you'll probably have a real hard time hearing the voice of God. As if the help of the Holy Spirit isn't very aware that you're in more need of his help right now than ever before. As if God would say, well, you know, they're really struggling with temptation and condemnation. I hope they sort themselves out. I don't really want to talk to them. <laughs> but subconsciously, we can think like that. Is that true or was that just me? I'm not really in a very spiritual space. Probably can't really hear very much of the word of God. Can't really hear his voice. It's rubbish. Rubbish. It's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. Even if my heart condemns me, he's greater than my heart. Stop it. I'm not going there. No, no, okay. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank God. Is there anything I haven't talked to you about? Oh, thank God. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that, was, that was wrong. Sorry. Thanks, Jesus. Oh, thank God. That's no, I'm, I don't have to bear the punishment of that anymore. Thank God. Jesus took my punishment. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Wow, I, I really got to understand that I was listening to, as I was listening to Kings and Chronicles, you know. Like David had to choose between three punishments when he did the census. And, or Michael judged when she was, you know, with, with barrenness when she judged David. Or Azov, you know, killed when he touched the ark. And, and you see all of these different punishments that came on people for sin. And 
And then the reality of the fact that Jesus came and took my punishment just hit home in a greater way for me. It's like, I've been disobedient to your voice. I've done things I know I shouldn't have done, and yet I don't have to be punished. Oh, God. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. It gives you a holy reverential awe, and his delight is that you would actually begin to believe him and live in this righteousness so that you can begin to enjoy the peace of knowing I'm accepted, I'm loved as I lie down. I don't have to be anxiously going through things. It's just like, oh, this is a happy place. (laughs) It doesn't matter what's going on around me. It's irrelevant. The kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. Seek first the kingdom, and all these things shall be added to you. We know that verse too, memory verse, good one. (laughs) Thank God for the Holy Spirit starting to help us recognize that we've been unbelieving believers. (sighs) If we just begin to awake to righteousness, we'll begin to walk in a supernatural peace that people will want, they'll be drawn to. You'll see the souls coming into the kingdom and the joy of the Lord will be your strength because you don't have to be afraid or think you have to have some sort of supernatural major encounter or wait for a major meeting to be able to walk in supernatural joy. You'll actually have boldness to, to enter the throne room and you live in this place of glorious supernatural peace in the midst of storms and drink deeply of the river of his pleasure for you and enjoy his joy which is your strength (sighs) sailor very nice anyway that was the message Hallelujah. Be really good if you believed it. Because the fruit's outstanding. Because it's not your fruit, it's his. The earth has been groaning and waiting for us to wake up. Hooray. So good that he's doing this in our hearts. Hallelujah. So basically, summarizing, read the Bible, believe it, enjoy it, and don't let your feelings be the boss. I walk by faith, not by feelings. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. joining us on the Harvest Australia podcast. For more information and events in the life of Harvest Australia Church, please visit harvestaustralia.org.